You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. What's up, Christ Walk Church? How's everybody doing today? Man, I can think of a lot of places that we could be this morning but this is definitely at the top of the list. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm excited about being here. The energy, the way you guys sang and worshiped, and my goodness, I'm not preaching today, but I could. (laughs) Before I introduce today's guest speaker, um, I want to just, uh, I want us to celebrate together. Um, Yesterday morning um, in this room right here was our first ever men's summit, and we had nearly 50 men um, that were here in the house, yeah. And they were, uh, they were learning how to live for what is ultimate instead of what is immediate. And um, the Lord did some incredible work uh, in the hearts and lives of those um, that were here as they uh, equipped themselves to be better husbands and better fathers and better followers of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited. We, we opened um, our worship set yesterday with that song, This Is A Move. And I believe that that was prophetic. I believe that the Lord is doing something in the men of this house and that he's going to raise up godly men to set the tone for not only this house, but the homes that they lead in our community and that that's going to spill over into the highways and the byways of those neighborhoods and that we are going to systematically, one family, one home at a time, take this community over by storm with our men leading the way and pointing people in the direction of Jesus Christ as they surrender their hearts and lives more completely to him. Amen. Would you agree with me in that this morning? And speaking of godly men, um, you, you hear me talk a lot about having, uh, you know, having people in your circle and people that are, are chasing after the Lord, people that you can look up to, that will challenge you, that will sharpen you. And today's guest speaker is one of those people. He is, um, we got connected through the Next Level Relational Network. And so I'm a part of a small group of pastors that is a part of that relational network. And uh, Pastor Mickey is um, in that group with me. And uh, since we met a couple years ago, we have become fast friends. And uh, he invited me to come and speak at his church back in October. And so we've had today circled on the calendar for quite some time uh, for him to be here. He spoke at our men's summit yesterday and is going to be bringing the word this morning. He's He'll, he'll tell you a little bit about his family at the top of the message, but uh, Pastor Mickey Carroll pastors Connection Church in Cornelia, Georgia. And so as he comes to the stage to bring the word to us this morning, would you give him a nice, warm Christ walk? Welcome. There we go. Good morning. How is Christ walk this morning? That's what I like to hear. Man, what an incredible time. Uh, Thank you to the worship team for leading us uh, so beautifully this morning in worship. Um, I am honored uh, beyond measure to be here this morning and honored to be standing in this spot uh, to bring God's word to you. And real quick, I just want to honor 
uh, your pastor, Pastor Blake, and his wife, Sarah. Yeah. Um, you may or may not know this, and he did not pay me to say this, but um, today, today is actually his fifth anniversary here at Christ Walk. So if we could just show him, yeah, don't hold back. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Um, as he said, we're in a same small group together in the last couple years that we have uh, done life together as pastors. We've really grown in our friendship together. Uh, we've, we've, we're able to call each other, bounce ideas, uh, be able to tell each other, dude, that's stupid. Like, don't do that. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, but a few months ago, as he said, he came up to Connection Church in, in North Georgia and preached on honor on how to honor church leaders and how to honor your pastors and how to honor those uh, above you. And man, I'll just tell you, like he did such a good job. Like uh, my, I, we, Connection Church, so I call our members, we don't call them members, we call them connectors because we like to be hip and cool and stuff like that. And so, uh, and so all of our connectors, they'll come up to me and it's like, uh, you know, your, your friend that came and preached, man, it really did something in my heart. And so my prayer today is that as you leave here this, this, this morning, that uh, God will stir something in your heart as, as, I, uh, as I bring God's word this morning. As, as Pastor Blake told, told our congregation uh, that, that day, uh, he, he, that I, he's a really smart guy. Because one of two things are going to happen today as you go and you, you eat lunch and you're, you're having conversation about church and, and that, that guest speaker that spoke. You're either going to think, man, I'm really glad that Pastor Blake has such godly and good-looking men around him. <laughs> right? <laughs> and you're going to be glad that, that he can lean into people and, and have this, or you're going to have your other conversation is like, that guy was a dork, and I'm really glad Pastor Blake is back next week. <laughs> and so, uh, so but, but uh, no matter how your conversations go, I am honored to be here to deliver God's word um, and deliver what I believe God wants to do in our lives this morning. Uh, a little bit about myself, as, as he said, I, I pastor a church in North Georgia. We're actually in Northeast Georgia. We are about 30 minutes, 45 minutes, somewhere around there from Franklin, North Carolina, if you know where that is. And then we're about 25 minutes from the South Carolina border. So we're kind of in that Northeast Georgia corner up in the mountains. So if you've ever been, I always tell people, if you know where Helen, Georgia is, yeah, the Bavarian town. My wife and I were in Dominican Republic one time on our anniversary, and uh, we're riding on this this, uh, this wagon to go on this excursion. And you, so you make small talk, and there were some uh, some folks, some German people on there, and they knew where Helen, Georgia was. And we're like, well, we're right next to it. So uh, we always say we don't talk about Atlanta; we talk about Helen, where we're from. And so, uh, so, so yeah, I'm I'm originally from Southwest Georgia, though, about three and a half hours almost west, due west of here in, uh, from Albany, Georgia. I grew up there, played baseball, and then played baseball in college at University of North Georgia, where I met my wife, who we will celebrate 20 years of marriage in a few weeks. That we're, um, yeah. She's so blessed to have me. Um, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> sorry. Um, but we're actually gonna celebrate our anniversary. Uh, we're going to Israel uh, later le next month, and so we're gonna celebrate our 20-year anniversary. What a... What a what a phenomenal uh, way to celebrate walking where Jesus walked. And so I've actually got a picture of my whole family here. We, are, um, we have four kids. There we are. And, um, and so you have my wife. And then this is earlier this year, or last year at uh, a football game. Uh, you probably can guess where we're at. Uh, the greatest college football team of the last two years. Come on now. The University of Georgia Bulldogs, back-to-back -back national champions. I realize I'm in Florida. And... Uh, 
I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> we're coming back. Dion, we, Dion ain't got nothing. We're, we're coming. We're coming again. I know there's some University of Georgia alumni in here. I got to meet y'all yesterday. And a couple weeks ago, Pastor Blake referenced the National Championship game. And I actually heard it go dogs in the congregation. So yeah, you're right there with you. And so my oldest daughter, she's the one in the black. She's a freshman at the University of Georgia. Uh, and then my, my other daughter there in the middle, guys don't get any ideas. You got to come through me. All right. I'm just going to say, and then I've got my two boys there. The one that's the shortest one is, is, is the one that rules our lives. He's a handful. He's 90 to nothing all day, all day. And so, and then of course my wife is there to my left. And, uh, and so, like I said, she's, she's, uh, she's the lucky one of all this because she gets to, to be married to me. Um, but just kidding. No, I'm actually, uh, I, you can see this is what I get to go home to today. So as soon as I leave here, I'm in a hurry to get back. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, so this is my family. And so my son, he's a little conflicted there. If you'll see his hat, this, we, this was at the Vanderbilt game. That's his travel baseball team. That's not a Vanderbilt hat. It's just, and so I, I, I was, I told him, I said, you're a little confused today, but, uh, but this is my family. And, um, and so I just wanted to kind of introduce you guys. They couldn't be here this week because we had, uh, baseball games this weekend that he had to play. And so my wife was responsible for that, but you guys are in a series called, the ways of the wise, and we've, you've been walking through and you've been unpacking uh, how to be smart in your decisions, right? How, how can you uh, pre-decide what you're going to do when a situation arises? And um, many of us, we, we know we want to live successful lives, right? Like I, none of us wake up in the morning and go, what? you know what? I just really feel like today I'm going to be unsuccessful. You know, I, just, I really just want to have a bad day right? Like nobody says that. Um, we all want to be successful in life, but here's the thing with success. You and I, we don't stumble into success. Like it just doesn't happen. You know, we hear the, the stories that we hear and they're like, they're overnight successes. Like they were nowhere yesterday, but today here they are. And, and they were overnight. And, and, but we know like no one's an overnight success. There are years, decades put into the work to get to where they are. You, you think of an Olympic athlete. Like there's, there's athletes right now training for the, for the next Olympics. And it's, I don't know when it is, a couple years, I, I, the COVID thing that messed up with the, all the Tokyo. I, don't, I can't keep up with it now. And so like, but they're training right now. They're, they're spending hours and hours and, and, and dollars uh, just preparing their self for possibly a two minute event. And so there's no such thing as an overnight success. And so to be wise, you've got to predetermine, you've got to, you've got to make decisions way ahead of time, way before you ever get to that situation. You, you've, got to, you've got to make sure that, that, that the decision that you're going to make when you get to that situation has already been made way in the past. And so you guys are using a formula for this, for this message series, and, and it's up on the screen here. When faced with blank, I will blank. So when faced with a certain situation, a certain uh, thing that comes up, you have to make a decision. You have to pre-decide that I will blank. I'll, I'll give you an example. When faced with cheering for the University of Tennessee, I will throw up in my mouth a little bit. Let's be honest. Like, right? I, I mean, yeah. I knew that would get you Florida fans that are here because I was going to say Florida, but I want you guys to like me a little bit. But really, I will throw up in my mouth if I have to cheer for Florida as well. 
And Pastor Blake will agree with me on that because his, his Kentucky Wildcats beat y'all Florida Gators last night in basketball. So just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> ooh, I heard a little rumble down in the crowd here, a little low rumble. Sorry, go dogs. Um, <laughs> but you have to make decisions. You have to pre-decide and make decisions based upon who you want to be in the future, but you have to make those decisions now. So I'll give you an example. If I want to be a godly husband and a godly father, I have to make decisions and put parameters around my life to be that. Because if I'm stuck with it in the situation, it's a 50-50 shot whether I'm going to make the right decision. At our church, we have a set of seven core values that, that we go at. I know you guys have, have, have similar ones to what we have. Um, and, but those seven core values drive every decision that we make. Every decision that, that we have at Connection Church, we drive that, that, that thought process through those seven core values that we have. And in my home, where, where we live, when we're, when we're inside home, because I, I no longer become pastor there, I, I do pastor my house, but, but, but I'm dad, or I'm Mickey to my, to my spouse. We, we have a set of core values that, that we say in our home, and it usually starts with, with this phrase, much like what you have. It starts with something like this that says, we are carols, so we, that's one of them, could be, it's a great one. Maybe we should put that one in there. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to text my wife as soon as I get done. I got a new one. <laughs> but, but we're carols, so we, we hug. And I really use that with my wife. Honey, we're carols, so we hug. Kids are in bed. Let's go hug, Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're carols, so we love. So we're carols, so we, we're generous. We're carols, so, so, you know, and so there's all these set of core values that, that we say, and these are things that we have to pre-decide because when, when my five-year-old comes in and he wants to go play like Fortnite or uh, Madden with my 12-year-old son, my 12-year-old son gets annoyed by it, I get to go in their room and say, ah, Nolan, we're carols, so we're patient. We're carols, so we, so we love. And so it dry, it's, a pre it's, a, it's, a, it's a decision we make way ahead of time. We pre-decide it. And that's the idea of being wise, having the ways of the wise. And so you, there's six values that, that you've been talking about. There's six of them, and, and there, it's, it's, you wanna be prepared. A wise person is prepared. A wise person is devoted. A wise person, Pastor Blake talked about this last week, is generous. Today we're gonna to talk about a wise person is faithful. And then you've got two more. It's a wise person is consistent and a wise person is a finisher. So this morning, if you have your Bibles uh, with you, your physical Bible, I'd love for you to turn to Proverbs 3. If you're joining us online as well, you can turn there, It'll be on the screen for you. You can go there on your device. It's nothing like seeing the glow of God's word on people's faces. <laughs> so we'll be in Proverbs 3. We'll start in verse 1. And we're going to read the, the first four verses there. It says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. In verse 3, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. 
I, I don't know about you, but that last verse is the promise of the first three verses. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know about you, but, but I want to win favor with God and man. Like, like I told you, I want you guys to like me, so I'm trying to keep my Florida jokes to a minimum. Right? And, and so, don't, I'll, I'll keep going. I mean, but, but like, like, like well, I want to win favor with man, but more importantly, I want to win favor with God. And so the first three verses of this tell you, but really verse three, let's, 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 see, let's look at verse, it says, right, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. And then it tells you how to never let them leave you. It says, bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. We just sang a song that says, you're the king of my heart. The funny thing about our heart, and, and one of my favorite verses is Romans 12, 1. It says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. It's your, uh, it's your pleasing and acceptable um, act of worship towards God. And the reason why it says living sacrifice, and the hardest part about a living sacrifice is you know what a living sacrifice can do? It can crawl off the altar. It can, it, it can crawl off the altar. And so, so we've got to bind them around our neck and write them on the tablet of our heart. Let me ask you this. If, if you could choose one word that, that you could define your life, or that you could say, I want to achieve this in my life. This is my goal. What would it be? What would it, what would it be? What would be the one word that you could say, I want to be? Fill in the blank. I'll give you some examples here. Maybe, maybe you want to be successful. Like I told you, nobody wakes up and says, today, I'm just going to have an unsuccessful day. Right? Like, no, like I, you would go back to bed if you did that. Because you could get more success done in bed, sleeping, than you could if you just said, I'm going to go out and have an unsuccessful day. Like, we all want to be successful. What about, what about this? How about this one? Influential? Anybody want to have influence? You, you, want to, you want to have influence over people? I don't know, as a, as a pastor, as, as, as a father, as, uh, as those things, that, that someone that leads people, I want to have influence over their life because I, I also want to point them to Jesus. So, so, so I, want, I want to have influence. I don't want to be an influencer, like online or anything. But, but I want to have influence. I want to be influential. What about this one? I want to be famous. Y'all are probably like, uh-uh. Like when I was young and um, I played baseball, like growing up, that was my goal. I want to I be a major league baseball player. And that's what I, like, people would ask me, what are you majoring in college? Baseball. That was my major. That was it. Like, I don't care about school. As long as I, have, I take 12 hours and I'm able to be eligible, that's all I care about. Because I'm going to be famous. I'm, I'm going to go to the big leagues. Now I'm just like, oof, no part of that. An uber famous where you can't, like, go out. And you can't, like, you can't even go to the uh, grocery store. And get groceries. Like, that sounds terrible. But, but there's a piece in all of us. We, we want some bit of notoriety. If, if we're honest, we're in church, we should be honest. How about this one? I mean, y'all would be happy, right? Because I'm happy, right? <laughs> After the last three years, we could use a lot of happiness. Yeah, big time. How about this one? Now, most of us would not say, 
come right out and say that, right? We got a little bit more like couth to us than just say, I want to be rich. But I guarantee you if I ask it this way, how many of y'all want a little bit more money in your bank account, right? Yeah, come on, like y'all are like, we're going to take up a reverse offering today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We ain't doing that. Uh, <laughs> like y'all be like, yeah, I can use a little bit more, more money in my bank account. You see, here's the thing. All those things really aren't bad. But you know, when we get to heaven and we stand before God, Jesus is sitting right there, the right hand. You know what we're not going to hear? Well done, good and successful servant. Well done, good and influential servant. Famous servant, happy servant, rich servant. You know what we're going to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. And the reason why we have to, why we want to hear this the reason why it's important to hear this is because being faithful, whether we like it or not, whether we think it is, it's really hard. It's really hard, especially today in, in the times that we live in. There are so many distractions that keep us from being faithful. So many distractions. And we're never accidentally faithful, right? Like we're never just on accident. Oh, I've been faithful on accident. We have to decide day by day, minute by minute, to be faithful. And if I'm honest, there's sometimes I don't feel like being faithful. Now, not to my wife or, or anything like that, but, but just in general. I'll give you an example. So I told you I live in North Georgia, and it, it gets cold where I live, all right? Christmas Eve, it was, the high was 12. Woo! It was cold out. Pipes were freezing. Lowe's sold out of all of CVCP or whatever it is you got to get for the water lines. And it was, it was nuts. It was cold. And so a couple weeks ago, I woke up on Sunday morning. I get up pretty early, like 4.15. And uh, I get up and it's 38 degrees outside and it's raining. Ugh. Not quite cold enough to snow, just a cold rain. Dreary outside. And, and, and if I didn't work at the church, if I wasn't the pastor... I was going back to bed. Like, I was like, ugh. But see, you have to pre-decide to be faithful. And I believe church on Sunday morning is a Saturday night decision. It's not a Sunday morning. Because if I wake up on Saturday, Sunday morning sometimes, if I don't feel like it, and I ain't said I, I'm going to church today no matter what, there'll be days I wake up and I'm like, I don't mm. Church is a, is a Saturday night decision. You got to pre-decide to be faithful. Because we have a natural bend in our lives, whether we want to admit it or not, we have a natural bend in our lives for the easy. Like, no, like it, think about it. No one ever says, you know what? I really want every day, all day, just to be hard. <laughs> like, you want it, you, you, eventually you get to a point, it's like, I need a little bit of a break. I need to go sit in the recliner, kick my feet up. Like, like I need a break, just for a minute. Can, can I get a break, right? This is hard. But because we have a bend for things to be a little bit easier, a little bit easier. Look what Habakkuk 2.4 says this. It says, look at the proud. 
What do they do? They trust in themselves. And their lives are crooked. But look what the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. You know what Mickey's problem is? Too often, I'm in this camp. I'm in, I'm in the camp of the proud. And I try to do it all on my own. I try to do everything that I can. God, I, I really wish you'd do this for me. And God says, okay, I'll do it. And then Mickey says, no, 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 God, I want to do it. And I take it back from him. And I try to do it. And I try to fix it because I'm a fixer. And I say, God, I don't need, I don't need any help. I got it. And, and I become the camp of the proud. And I trust in myself. And I forget my faithfulness to my father. So what does it mean to be faithful? You walk in, 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 a, in, a, in a world, what does it mean to be faithful? Because, because we hear the word faithful and, and we think of like, okay, I'm gonna be faithful to my spouse, be faithful to my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever that is, you know, I, I'm gonna be faithful. Be faithful to my kids, you know, I'm gonna show up at their games, make sure they get McDonald's when they want McDonald's, you know, those kind of things. I'm gonna be faithful to my kids. Or, or if we think about it in the terms of church, like, yeah, I'm coming to church. I'm faithful, I serve and I give. All those are great ways to be faithful, right? They're, they're all extremely good ways to be faithful. And I would encourage those for all of you, especially the church part, the serving and the giving, amen? <laughs> like, like those are great, but, but here's the thing, to really understand what it takes to be an everyday faithful Christian, We've got to look at how Jesus talked about being faithful and what he said was faithful. And so there's, there's three ways that Jesus talked about faithfulness, and, and he put them in three different categories. And so here's, here's our three different categories. Jesus said, you be faithful how you treat people. You can be faithful how you steward God's resources. And you can be faithful how you respond to God. And so what I want to do today is I want to, that was my introduction. I don't usually start preaching until about 11.15, so I get to go all the way to noon today. <laughs> Hope you aren't hungry. Just kidding, just kidding. But what I want to do is I want to give us three declarations about faithfulness this morning, and they follow the pattern of, of your, your, your outline of this series that we're in. When faced with blank, I will blank. And so the first one, when faced with how I treat people, your first declaration says this, I will call out the image of God in others. When faced with how I treat people, I'm going to predecide to call out the image of God in others. You know, it's really easy to call out the faults, isn't it? <laughs> Boy, I can sit up there and tell somebody what everything they're doing wrong. I'm going through this. My son is, um, he's in middle school. He's in seventh grade and he's, and he's transitioning to middle school baseball. And so as a former baseball player uh, who's, who's spent some time with some really good coaches and knows the ins and outs of it, I'm at practice the other day and he's playing first base and I'm seeing some things he's doing wrong. And I'm pretty good friends with the, the head coach of the baseball program at, at our high school. Uh, and so um, I said, one of the, I told him, I said, man, it's, it's really hard for me just to sit over there and not correct him when I see things that he does wrong. And he says, yo, I get it. And, and I told him, I said, I, told, I, said, I said, Coach Ack, I, I'm, I'm gonna really try hard to not be that dad. 
because I'm really good at pointing out what he does wrong. You know what I'm not good at? Pointing out what he does great. Pointing out what he, what, what, where, he's, where he's doing really good. And we don't do that a lot in people. We can point out where they're doing wrong. We can point out where, 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 they're, where they're falling short. But here's the thing. We, you and I, and everyone is made in the image and likeness of our heavenly father. You know what that means? That means that we carry some of the same things that, that God is and who he is. We can't be some of the things like omniscient and we can go in these big omni words that, that you learn about, and, uh, but we can't do those. But we can love, we can show mercy, we can have relation, we can show grace. And look, this goes beyond the boundaries of the people in this room that come to church, right? Every single human that has ever been and every single human that will ever be is made in the image and likeness of God. All seven, eight billion people currently on, I don't know how many it is now, are made in the image and likeness of God. You know, my perspective um, is years ago, uh, it really changed in this area uh, when a friend of mine said, you know, it really changes how you see people when you look at them and you see, you look at them in their eye, and maybe they don't believe like you, or maybe they don't come to your church or anything like that. Um, and you look at them and you truly look at them and you, you look them in the eye and you understand Jesus went to the cross for them. Just like he went to the cross for me. Think of the most vile person you could ever think of. Jesus went to the cross for them. And it changes your perspective on who they are and the love that you have for them, and you start to see things in them. But we don't do this. You know why? We are obsessed with ourselves. We don't like to admit that, but we are, right? If you don't believe me, think of a photo, and it's got you and some friends in it, you know, four or five of your friends, right? You've probably heard this analogy before. You think of a photo. If the photo is good, it's because you look good in it. If the photo is bad, it's because you had your eyes shut, right? It don't matter what the others look like in the photo. Like if you look good, you're like, you better post that thing. Give it to me. I'm posting on Instagram right now. And I'm going to tag y'all because y'all look like a fool and I look great. So it makes me even look better. But, but you see that, and we do the same thing when we're, when we're having conversation with people. We're so obsessed with, I wonder what they're thinking about me. I, want, I wonder if, what if they think that, what if they think I'm saying, what I'm saying, well, you know what we can start doing? We can just start looking at them and encouraging them and calling out the image of God in them. Because when we talk to people, we have an opportunity to bring life into their life. Look what uh, Ephesians 4.29 says. It says, don't let any. In the Greek, that word any means any. None. Don't, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Whew, that's hard for Mickey. Re I, I'm going to be honest. Really hard. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for what? Building others up. Woo. according to their needs that may benefit those who listen. Y'all, look, 
That's not easy, right? Look what Colossians 4, 6 says. Let your conversation be always. Y'all know what that word always means in the Greek? Y'all are catching on. Always full of grace, seasoned with salt. My mom, when she orders steak, she asks them, I'll go to Longhorn or whatever. She asks them, can you not put any seasoning on the steak? I'm like, mom, you're wasting money. She also drinks unsweet tea, but I'm saying, <laughs> let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That's pre-deciding. That's pre-deciding. Proverbs 15:4, and this is in our house, my wife and I, we, we talk about this verse regularly because I told you, like, I'm really good at pointing out what my kids do wrong. Kind words bring life, but cruel words do what? Crush. In my, in my mind, what I see when I hear that, um, when I read that or when I hear that, I picture a Coke can getting crushed and how quick it just... Kind words bring life. Cruel words crush spirit. One last verse, Psalm 1914. And let me just tell you, this is a great uh, verse to make your declaration for speaking uh, words of life to people and over people. May the words of my mouth and the meditation, in this meditation of my heart, be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You see, when you walk into a room, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a carrier of the Holy Spirit inside you. You carry the Spirit of God. Don't, lose, don't, don't miss this. You carry the Holy Spirit with you everywhere you go. Therefore, when you walk into a room, you have the opportunity to shift the atmosphere of the room with your words. I, I, tell, I tell my kids and my wife and my church regularly, your words matter. What you tell yourself matters. You have the opportunity and here is the beauty. Guess what? You have that opportunity here today. That's not something you have to go wait for. You know the worst time to be a waiter or waitress is? Sunday at lunch. Because church folks are mad and mean. And I don't know why. We were, um, so our church, we normally, like after church, we, well, a lot of times we'll go to the Mexican restaurant because it's just right around the corner from our church. And we were there a couple weeks ago and uh, my whole family was there and we were, uh, I was checking out and, you know, paying for the bill. And this lady in front of us who you could obviously tell she had just come from church by the way she was dressed. Um, and she's at the counter and I'm, you know, kind of getting over there because Sunday afternoons I, I take naps because uh, naps are from God. Uh, and um, I'm sitting there and I'm like, come on, hurry up, hurry up. Let's go, let's go. You know, getting impatient. And I hear how much her bill is, like $195. She's checking out this Mexican restaurant and it's cheap Mexican too. So you, she had a bunch of people with her 
And the, 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 young, um, the young lady at the counter asked, would you like to leave a tip on this? And she says, yes. She goes, $5. I about came unglued on that, that old lady in front of me. Like, my bill was $70, and I left a $20 tip. I mean, I'm not trying to say that I'm, I'm like anything like that, but, but I, mainly because I felt bad. Because $180, $90, and you only leave $5, that's not a tip. That's an insult. And she just came from church. What opportunity did she have to speak life into that young girl that obviously wasn't at church at that time that morning? And she insulted him. You see, every opportunity that we have, we have the opportunity to add value, to call out the image of God in others. Number two, I gotta hurry. <laughs> when faced with how to steward resources, I will use what God has given me to multiply his kingdom. I know last week y'all talked about uh, tithing and you talked about being generous. And so I wanna go beyond because when, when we think about money, when we think about stewarding resources, we think about dollars, right? because it's an easy illustration. And so I wanna use a, sort of an illustration, but I wanna go beyond this. And so in Matthew 25, uh, Jesus told a parable. There was a, it was a parable of a, of a wealthy man who had servants and he gave, uh, some, some translations call it a, a talent. So he gave one five bags of gold, he gave one two bags of gold and one one bag of gold and said, and said I'm going away for a while, watch after, manage my money. And the man with five bags came back when his, when his master got back, he came back and he had doubled it. So he comes back, he's, here's your five bags, and here's your five more, boom. And he lays them on the table, and master's probably like, ooh, okay, come on now. And then the guy with two comes back, he says, here's your two, and here's your two more. And, and he looks at him, and he says this, and he says this in verse 21. He says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And he invites him into the banquet and he invites him in and they, and they feast and they do all these things. You've multiplied what I gave you. And God considers that, what? Faithful. And one of the ways that we can be faithful is to take care of what God has given us and use it for his kingdom. So if you drive a beater car, Get the oil changed every 3,000 miles, right? Change your tires, rotate them. Wash that thing down, wax on, wax off. Like, like, take care of that thing. Because what it says, when you've been faithful with a few things, we're gonna put you in charge of more. You see, it's, it honors God to take care of what he has given us. Some of y'all, listen, you've got a house that you can use to multiply the kingdom through a connection group or small group. I call, we call them connection groups. So small group, life groups. You can use your, what God has given you. You don't have to teach it. You don't have to facilitate it. You just gotta say, come on over. Some of y'all can cook. Lunch is almost, it's almost lunch. I'll come over, especially if you got barbecue, just saying. But look what happened on the opposite side. 
Because there was one other servant that, get, that got one bag of gold. And he brings that bag of gold. He says, Master, here's your bag of gold. And, and I know and I understand you are a frugal master and you care about your things. So here's what I did. I went and I just, I, I, dug, a, I dug a hole and I put it in the hole. Look what he says. He says, I was afraid. And I went out and I hid the gold in the ground. He says, see, here it belongs to you. And he gives him the one bag of gold back. And look what his master replies. He says, you wicked lazy servant now i think we could look at it and be like okay lazy yeah i get that like he didn't go to work he didn't use it he didn't do that he like it, there's a part in the story that says you didn't even put it in the bank you could have earned interest but wicked like really it was he really wicked like how was he wicked like like i think we're we're, we're kind of struggling with that a little bit because well i mean he was afraid. He knew his master was cared about his money and he was frugal. You see, he didn't use what, what his master gave him to go multiply. God calls that wicked and lazy. I don't want to be wicked or lazy. Do you? So when faced with how I steward God's resources... I'm going to use what God's given me to multiply the kingdom. Last one. When faced with how I respond to God, I will obey God no matter what. No matter what. You see, we have a tendency to say, I'll obey God. Y'all remember that, that old hymn? We probably sang it more in like Sunday school, Trust and Obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. You see, that's really easy to sing because it doesn't cost me anything. A little bit of breath, that's it. To live it out, whoo, different story. Because it's increasingly more difficult to trust and obey, especially when we don't know what's on the other side. When we don't know the outcome. When we don't know what God's gonna do. When he just says go, which is part of the, Great commission, by the way, to go, make disciples, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we don't quite understand what he's doing. He's just telling us to go. And it's really hard to say no matter what. Paul faced this. He was in Ephesus, and he, he said, I got to go back to Jerusalem. And everybody in Ephesus is like, dude, come on, man. If you go back there, you know what's going to happen? They're going to kill you. Look what he says in, in Acts 20. He said this, and now compelled by the spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen to me there, but I'm going because what? God told him to, no matter what. No matter what, God says, Paul, I need you to go to Jerusalem. Okay, God, I'll go. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'll go. Jesus said in John 14, 23, says this, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. If we love God, he calls us to obey his teaching. He calls us to obey what he tells us to do, no matter what. He says, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Jesus' half-brother James says this, Chapter one, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word so, and so deceive yourselves. 
do what it says. <laughs> Quit because li- look, we are full of knowledge. You and I, we've got so much knowledge up in this noggin about Jesus. We've, we could probably you know, quote this or quote that, most of us, and, and, and if you're new here, and that, that's great, um, but, but, but we're way educated beyond our ability to obey a lot of times. And when you're faithfully pursuing Jesus, when you're taking steps towards him, there's gonna come times when you're compelled by the Spirit and you don't understand it. And I don't know God. And even when you don't understand the outcome, obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. God can use you no matter what, if you follow his prompting. Sometimes you don't understand it. You may not see the results. (laughs) Sometimes you do see results and you know the reason, but many times you don't. But we have to pre-decide that I'm gonna obey God no matter what. Our our key verse for today, Proverbs 3.3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Our three declarations that I want you to remember. I will call out the image of God in others. I will use what God has given me to multiply his kingdom. And I will obey God no matter what. This is what a faithful Christian looks like. Let's pray. Father God, this morning, I thank you for your son. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to reflect upon what you call faithfulness. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. That your word says you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. And many of us, we have struggled in our life with faithfulness because we truly doubt. What Pastor Blake was talking about, that that Jesus will be faithful to us. And as we sang a little while ago, that no matter what we're going through, He's never going to let us down. So if you're here this morning, and maybe that's, that's you, and you would say, Pastor... I'm just not sure about the faithfulness of God in this moment. Look, everyone here has been there at some point in their life. You're not alone in that feeling. But what I want to offer to you today is, is the opportunity to take steps, a single step towards God's faithfulness. And so if you're here this morning and maybe you've been wrestling with this, you've been wrestling with this whole faith thing, wrestling maybe with whether or not you're a Christian, whether or not you, you're a believer, I just want to invite you right now to take a step into God's faithfulness because he will never let you down. I promise you, 
We may not see it. We may not understand it. But he's there. So if that's you, I don't want to invite you to take this step. In the church, we call this salvation. We call this committing your life to Christ. And it's a simple, what I tell our folks, it's a simple process. There's not a prayer, a magic potion. It's not an incantation or anything like that that magically saves you. It's the direction of your heart. The word of God says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you're saved. It's not a head knowledge. It's not just knowing that he's Lord. It's believing it, that what he did on the cross, that he was brutally beaten for us that he hung there naked and bloody and he looked up he says father into your hands i commit my spirit he says it is finished and he died and when he died everything became dark an earthquake in that moment what he was doing was bearing your sin and my sin But I'm thankful the story doesn't stop there. That on Easter Sunday morning, he walked out of the grave and he defeated death. He defeated hell. And that's why we worship. That's why we sing. That's why we say, you're never gonna let me go, God. And it's believing that and confessing that with your mouth is what saves us so this morning if that's you that's all you got to do so we're going to worship we're going to sing about god's faithfulness and so if you're here today and that's you we'd i'd love to connect with you i know pastor blake or sarah would love to connect with you or maybe a member of, of the prayer team or would love to connect with you we'd love to help you take that next step on this journey of faith. If, if you've, maybe you've, you've kind of taken steps away. At one time in your life, you were, and church was open, you were there, and now you're just kind of like, eh. Same offers on the table. Don't leave here today without, without taking that step. Don't leave here today without without taking a step towards Jesus and his faithfulness. Let's stand together and let's sing out. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.